today, we're going to be looking at when God feels far away, when God feels distant. I'm going to start with a very powerful promise that God gives us. It's one of my favorite promises in my actual Bible, you know, my paper Bible. It is underlined so many times that it's almost come through on the other page on the other side. Psalm 16, verse 8. We're going to read from verse 8 to verse 4. The Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. That was almost like a prophetic utterance for the birth of Jesus and his death and resurrection and what it means for us. And then in verse 11, he says, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. What a beautiful promise that is. We're going to talk today about experiencing the presence of God. Now, have you ever felt the presence of God in a tangible way? You might have cried. You might have got perhaps a tingly sensation on your body. I tend to shake quite a bit when I feel the presence of God tangibly. You might have perhaps felt an incredible peace come over your body and your mind. And truly, friends, all of these ways of feeling God are valid, and we might have experienced them. So God's presence can give us a tingly feeling. But, you know, if you're attracted to somebody and you're close to them, you can also get a bit of a tingly feeling. God can make you cry. We can, we can cry in the presence of God and feel his presence in that way. But a good moving movie can make us cry too. We can feel peaceful at times in God's presence. Some of us might go for peace through a bubble bath with candles. Friends, the question is if we don't feel God, in these particular ways that we've just talked about, is there a fault? And if there's a fault, whose fault is it? Is it God's fault? Is it my fault? Is it the worship leader's fault? When I don't feel God, is he there? Is he real? I'm sure we can all relate to a time in our lives when we have felt that God is far away. When you want to believe, but don't feel anything reassuring, you're not alone. The psalmist that we're going to read from next, he also didn't always feel God's presence. This psalmist was a man called Heman, and he was in the king's court. He wrote songs. And in Psalm 88, we see in verse 13, he starts to lament and he says, But I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? 
fair to say he's not feeling God's presence. But he was having big feelings, and they were not very reassuring. They were quite negative if you read the psalm. But when we look through the psalms and we actually read the Bible, we see that there are other people that also at times in their lives felt distant and far from God and felt that he was far away. David, when running for his life from Saul, feels forgotten by God, and he tells God that many times. Paul ships, shipwrecks and stonings and beatings. At times, he felt disheartened. Jesus himself, who walked with God on the cross, he felt abandoned. He called out to God. He said, why have you forsaken me? Friends, it is true to say, as human beings, we have feelings. Jesus was human on that cross, and that was his humanness speaking. We have feelings. Back to our question, why don't we always feel God is close? And why sometimes does he feel distant? Well, just because God feels distant doesn't mean he's absent. Can I say that again? Just because God feels distant doesn't mean he's absent. And we're going to look at the connection between facts, feelings, and faith. Now, facts, friends, facts are the truth. And when we're speaking biblically, we're talking about biblical truth, the truth of God that he gives us in his word. Those are spiritual facts. Feelings, however, are self-determined. They come from within you and I, and they're changeable, and they're easily influenced. Faith, I would say, is choosing to be in agreement with the truth of God, and that takes our will, choosing to be in agreement with God's truth, and then partnering with this truth in obedience. That's what faith is. Faith involves our will, and it involves action, obedience. And we're going to look at how those three work together this morning. But first, look with me, won't you, at some roadblocks, shall we call them, some things that can interfere with feeling God's presence, some things that can interfere with us, where if we are prone to these things, they might be stopping us and hindering us from feeling the presence of God. The first one I'm going to mention is over-sensationalizing. My iPad kept telling me that wasn't a word, but it is. <laughs> over-sensationalizing where dramatic experiences are sought out. Now, if you're married, I want to say that a healthy relationship really is not made up of dramatic experiences. If you're in a relationship, of course you experience dramatic things from time to time, but mostly good, solid, healthy relationships are formed through ordinary interaction that is repeated in a loving way. Would you agree with me? So sometimes we find that as believers, we are always looking 
for the latest and the greatest and the manifestation of a sign that Jesus can give us. Jesus had people following him who were just like that. They followed him. They saw him do the loaves and fishes, feeding 5,000 with a little lunchbox. They saw other healings and miracles. And then they approached Jesus in John chapter 6, verse 30. And they said to him, what sign will you give that we may see it and believe you? So they're saying, well, come on, Jesus, give us another sign, you know, so that we can see that you are who you say you are. So they were living in this climate of miracles, and their appetite was just after the next miracle. That's what they were hungering for. Always looking for a sign. Because, friends, signs elicit feelings. We love dramatic things because they, they speak to our feelings. But, friends, I want to say that if we chase feelings and we're always looking for something dramatic for God to do in order to get our attention, we can often miss out on connection with God in so many other ways. If I was just waiting for Nick to make his latest, greatest love declaration, you know, to, to present me with that diamond ring and to take me on that overseas holiday and tell me again that he loves me and he chooses me. <laughs> yes, I may, I may be waiting a while, but my, <laughs> my point is that if I was just waiting for that, in between, wouldn't I miss out on him opening for me in the dark, going into the house, checking it's okay, you know, washing the dishes, taking out the rubbish, the things that actually are quite precious. I would miss them. I would miss out on them. And so we have to be careful, friends, that we don't follow Jesus from one sign to another and in between miss out on the wonderful communion he's wanting to have with us. My little boy, when he was, well, my little boy, no, I'll rephrase that. My big boy, who was a little boy at one time, he got it into his head at, at, when we were at Bry's that if he didn't get meat with a bone in it, it wasn't meat. So he didn't like voice and, and he didn't like steak unless there was a bone attached. And so we can become Christians in the same way where we don't believe that God is real unless he's giving us meat, well, bone with the meat in that instance, you know, unless he's proving himself every time. We can also have a roadblock in feeling God's presence if our hearts get hardened. Now, in Matthew 13, verse 14, Jesus was speaking and he said, he was actually speaking about people who are always hearing but not understanding, seeing but never perceiving. And he says, for this people's heart had become calloused, had become hard, and you could read more about that in Romans 2, where this process of callousing, of a hardening of heart, interferes with us experiencing the presence of God. And as Christians, our hearts can harden. They can harden through hurt. They can harden through disappointment. They can harden through offense and harden through sin. Craig, Greg, sorry, Grishel, he gives this picture. And I want to share it with you. 
He talks about it being freezing outside. And so if you're going to go outside into freezing weather, you bundle up. You put on your coat, you put on your gloves, your scarf, your boots, all so that you don't feel the cold. Well, friends, as believers, if we become bundled up in sin, in offense, in disappointment, we cannot feel the presence of God. It interferes with that. And so I want to say to us, be careful what you wear because it affects your heart. The third way that we can struggle to feel God's presence or the third reason possibly is that performance starts to overtake presence. So our performance for God starts to take precedence over our presence with God. Our faith becomes more about religious duties rather than genuine devotion. Galatians 5 verse 6 says, When you place, when we as believers, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, there's no benefit in being circumcised or uncircumcised. That becomes irrelevant what you do. You can't do in order to earn God's love. That's what it's implying. And if you read Galatians, it's such a beautiful book about that. But it says what is important is faith expressing itself as love. Now again, I want to take a relationship that I've been in for a long time. It's, it's a good example because it's one I know. When we start feeding relationship with a sense of duty, it becomes dry and dull and uninteresting. When Nick starts loving me and serving me because he feels he has to, it becomes dull and dry and unsatisfying. But when there is passion and devotion involved, friends, then relationship is exciting and joyous and fulfilling. And so I want to remind us that our joy in feeling the presence of God truly comes through enjoying the presence of God. Where we're not trying to perform to receive it. Where we actually rest in it. God loves to be sought by his children. He loves it. Jeremiah 29, verse 13 to 14. This is what God says about himself. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Another very heartening promise. Just because you don't feel that God is with you does not mean he is not there. Don't believe everything you feel. Feelings are not facts. I like to think of feelings as shadows. And I'll give you a picture. Shadows are kind of reflections of an object or an item. And I don't know if any of you played that game with a torch and a sheet on the wall, and if you shine the torch in a various way with your fingers, you can make rabbits and eagles. 
Some of you really have lost out, guys. You've, you know, your childhood has been <laughs> sad. But anyway, you can make these things, and they look quite genuine on the sheet. But it's, it's really all about light and shadows, and, and it's really um, not accurate because when the light comes. But feelings can be like that at times, where depending on perspective, feelings can grow large or diminish. It's easy to forget that our feelings are not always accurate. And I tell you why it's easy to forget, because we live in a world, modern society, that lives very much by its feelings. Our society now is living largely by feelings. We used to, as society, dictate a, a collective through reason and thought, but we've moved from that. We no longer value reason as th and thought as much as personal feelings. And this culture that is based around personal feelings creates a reactive culture. Do you see that in our day where we are always having reactions to certain things? Big feelings coming out in, in fighting causes and really creating quite an unstable and unbalanced culture because we are having a society that is led by its feelings. So friends, the big idea today is to get out of our feelings. Now let's talk about this for a minute, because I know you're thinking, that sounds way too easy, Shelley. By that, I mean that as believers, we have to establish authority or who we are going to give authority to lead us. We can give our feelings authority to lead us. They never take us forward. They don't keep us on a forward trajectory. And remember, they always fluctuate. So feelings tend to get us to travel in circles. Faith and fact are what God gives us to ensure that we are able to stay on his path of life. Now, the facts, the truth that God gives us, do not change. And if we allow God's facts, his promises to lead us, we will grow in our walk with him and grow in maturity. The faith is what links those two together, and we're going to look at that now. But if you could imagine a car for a minute, two front seats, one back seat. If we want to grow in God and we want to experience his presence, then friends, I suggest that we put his truth, the facts of his promises, behind the steering wheel. If you put your feelings behind the steering wheel, your car, like mine, can actually go quite astray. In the front seat next to the steering wheel, let's put faith and let's put our feelings in the back seat. We can't leave them behind, remember? We're human. We have feelings our lives. And so we see in the Psalms, and this is so heartening because they're written by real people who experience real feelings, and we see that they come to God and they just pour out these feelings. They're unedited. You heard the laments and the wails and the moaning. But then the psalmists do something that is very important. They start to look to the facts. They start to look to who God is. They start to be reminded of the promises that God has given them. And they begin to see that their feelings are actually an incomplete part 
of the bigger picture. So feelings are not invalid. They're just not always a complete picture. And friends, this is where God gives us the Holy Spirit who enables us through faith to hold on to his promises and to take charge of our lives and to connect our will to his and choose to obey what his truth says rather than what we're feeling. So faith fills that gap because sometimes we have the truth of God, but where we are feeling might be quite far away. And I want to suggest that faith is what God gives us to fill that gap. And it's your job and it's through going to the word and spending time in the presence of God in prayer. Christmas is coming. We're all very excited about that. And um, especially the Christmas people. We have those people, you know, those guys who start celebrating way in advance. And I'm not going to spoil your fun, but what I love about Christmas is this promise in Matthew 1, verse 20. It's the best promise of all because it says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. That's what we celebrate, friends, that Jesus came to earth, came into humanity. And he brought heaven to earth. He came and he presenced himself amongst us. So friends, we can choose to recognize God's presence in our ordinary days. In some beautiful but quite ordinary ways. I want to suggest to you that some of God's presence is ordinary and Amazing. You receive a verse of the day. You open your devotion and it speaks to you. <laughs> God presencing himself, giving you his truth. Friends, reach out when you need it. They phone you and you think, how did they know I needed that now? God, his presence. Choose to involve God in our everyday lives. Choose to treat him as though he's present. Talk to him. Seek him out. Ask for his guidance. So friends, in conclusion, when we feel that God is distant, we need to acknowledge our feelings. Because when feelings are not dealt with, they do not go away. We need to come to God with our feelings. And we need to edit according to God's truth. According to spiritual facts, hold your feelings to account in terms of spiritual facts and promises that God has given us. And then order them correctly. They belong in the back seat. If you find them behind the steering wheel, you stop and you put them in the back seat. And then we feed faith. We feed faith, friends. You and I, that is our responsibility to feed our faith. We have to take charge of our feelings. And Psalm 16, verse 8, what we began with, I will finish with. It says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not beside me. So friend, today, whether you feel it or not, your feelings do not dictate the presence of God. 